Welcome to the Silva Scoop podcast. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get the scoop on everything from fitness to lifestyle to business and more. Welcome back to the Silver Scoop Podcast. I'm Savannah. And I'm Alex. And we just celebrated Scarlett's first birthday, which is wild. So she's been in the whole in the world and not in the whole world. She's been in the world for an entire year. We've been parents for an entire year. So that's pretty exciting. Very exciting. And uh, she had a good time. She ate some smash cake and she actually she was loving it. She did not nap that whole day, so it was, like, kind of a parent's worst nightmare. You, like, want your kid to be well-rested and, like, happy for her first birthday party with all the people coming to see her. She refused to nap. Yeah, it's like you plan for so long. And I know your parents planned for so long to, like, get the house ready. And, like, there's all these moving pieces that come together on the day of. Mm -hmm. And then the littlest thing that happens every day, like clockwork, suddenly... Doesn't happen, which is her yeah. nap. And it also has not been raining like at all, and it decided to rain for her birthday party. And we had, not we, my parents, their whole backyard was set up with all these like outdoor activities for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly everyone was stuck indoors. So that sucked. Yeah, it wasn't really a party set up to be indoors. No, we were like sitting on the couch. It was still fun, it but was I, still fun. I was bummed because I was envisioning us drinking, playing cornhole. Kids on the splash pad. You know, what you going to do? But Scarlett, her middle name is Rain, and I remember the day she was born, it rained, right? did. And the whole week. The whole weekend, yeah. Like the whole, her whole first week of life, it was raining every day, and I decided it's because we named her Scarlett Rain. That that made being in the hospital a little less of a drag. Yeah, it's like we're already stuck in here. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was around the 4th of July, and we were like, well. Yeah, but uh, can't they make hospitals more uh, like tv friendly where like we can watch like if it's a rainy day we're stuck in the hospital there needs to be like better stereo like surround sound like you know it's the freaking speaker out of the remote control that you're listening to the tv with like it's so aggravating yeah but you just don't want people to get too comfortable it's the smallest tv i know but i still have complaints about it um okay so today judging by the title i don't know what we're titling it at this point but i'm sure we're titling it something to have to do with miscarriage judging by the title um we are talking today about our recent miscarriage so trigger warning for anyone that's been dealing with miscarriage or you know pregnancy loss if you're not feeling ready to listen to something like this, then do not. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so when did I find out I was pregnant again? A month ago? Yeah, it seems like a month ago. About a month ago. Um, found out I was pregnant again. It was a bit of a shock, per usual. Um, but yeah, you know, started getting pretty excited because I was like, ooh, Scarlett's going to have a bestie. They're going to be close in age. That's fun. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I was telling Alex, I was like, ooh, I could, if we only have two kids, I could be done before I'm 30. Then I get to be like 30 and flirty and thriving for that whole decade. And I don't know. I was getting excited for like selfish reasons and just thinking it'd be fun for Scarlett. So I was getting pretty excited. I don't know about you. But uh, yeah, and then... To be honest, because this is my third rodeo with pregnancy, so because I miscarried the first time, so I like didn't feel that pregnant, you know, like going into it. I really like I was really tired, remember, and I had like some cravings. I don't know for like the weeks leading up to when you found out, you were, I like, was feeling wrong. pregnant. Something is off. I kept thinking it was my thyroid. Um, so like at the beginning, yeah, I felt really pregnant. But then it was like after I got the positive pregnancy test, I felt like I, I mean, I looked pregnant. Like my ribs were growing, my stomach was growing very quickly. I couldn't, I could not fit into any of my jeans or shorts. Like I literally was growing already. Um, but like my sim, like my boobs weren't sensitive. I was emotional. I felt very sensitive mm-hmm. in that way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I know. (laughs) So, but like, like boobs, boob sensitivity is like the number one. And I have experienced that with all my other pregnancies. So that was like weird to me that they weren't that sensitive. I don't know. I just didn't feel that pregnant, especially like 
towards the end of it. So that was weird. But yeah, we when did, when did we start seeing miscarriage symptoms? A week, two weeks ago. The night that Scarlett Wednesday night didn't sleep. Scarlett, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was the night because you told me in the middle of yes. the night. Yes, Scarlett was having a rough time sleeping. And I like that you theorized that it's because she knew something was wrong because that'd be sweet if she did and she just was sad. Yeah. I think, I think, I think babies are that intuitive. If she was looking under her legs for her sibling and that signified a pregnancy, then maybe her crying through the night (laughs) signified a miscarriage. If any of you guys didn't see my story, it was from May after I would have conceived before I knew I was pregnant though. And she was looking through her legs upside down. And I posted it because I thought it was funny. And everyone's like, that means she's looking for her sibling. That means she's, that means that you're pregnant. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I was. So that was weird. Um, yeah, I think babies are in tune. Well, anyway, Scarlett did not sleep through the night that night. And then I decided to pee in the middle of the night. And there was blood when I wiped. That was a bummer. I didn't, my, with my other two pregnancies, I hadn't really experienced blood. I experienced a little bit of implantation bleeding with Scarlett's pregnancy. Um, it was, was very light. Like when I wiped, it wasn't even like blood. It was just like, oh, that's some spotting, like just some light spotting. And that was a lot earlier on. I thought at that point I was like seven weeks. So this would have been implantation bleeding is usually like four or five weeks. Anyway, so then I was bummed, told Alex. And then the next day was feeling crampy, right? Yeah, I was feeling crampy. Yeah. Yeah, like really crampy. And bleeding more. Like it wasn't just, at first it was just when I'd wipe. It wasn't like in my underwear though. And then eventually there was like blood in my underwear. I had to wear a pad. It was like, it looked like a period. So I was concerned. Of course, my OB would not get back to me all day. This feels very typical. I feel like anytime I've needed them or I've needed Scarlett's pediatrician for like something emergency related, no one gets back to you ever. So um, called my regular doctor and they said, go to the ER. So we went to the ER. We hung out there all day. Fun. Um, this felt very different than the first miscarriage because that one was missed, a missed miscarriage. So um, with the first one, I had pregnancy symptoms like until my first OB appointment. And I was at a different OB at that time. I switched because it, I'll get into it, but it wasn't a very good experience. Um, but I didn't, I just, I assumed I was pregnant. My boobs were full and sensitive and I had the cravings. The, it probably was viable for a lot longer than No, the, no. no. Um, well, we don't know when this one Well, you stopped. do, because the measure, they measure. Yeah, around five um, weeks. Was yeah. the last one five weeks? Four or five, yeah. So it's it's kind of wild because you don't find out that you're pregnant even until usually like the four or five week mark, um, you know, around the time of your missed period. So it's pretty crazy that with both of these, it's like the pregnancy wasn't even really viable long after I found out. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but both my first pregnancy and this past pregnancy felt very similar in a lot of ways. But as far as how the miscarriage went down, that was really different. So I, with the first one, I showed up to the OB um, they did a transvaginal ultrasound and we're like, oh, you're a lot earlier than we thought. And I was like, mm, that's not possible. Cause I, I might not be very good at tracking my cycle to prevent pregnancy, but I definitely, when I, cause I do track a lot of things around like sex. So I can always go back and pinpoint when it would have happened based on when I think I'm ovulating. So anyway, I was confident I was not earlier along than, you know, I thought I would have been eight weeks at that point with the first pregnancy. And they were like, you're measuring four or five weeks. Come back next week. You know, it's too early to see a heartbeat. This could be a miscarriage, but probably not. You're probably just early. You know, they were making me feel pretty good, which is nice because then you have to go the next week, like, mm-hmm. in limbo. I came back a week later, and then they said um, that you your pregnancy is not viable, right? Yeah, they were like, there's no heartbeat. So that was a bummer. Um, so it would have died around the four or five week mark. And then with the first pregnancy, um, they were like, you need to take, you can do a DNC or take a pill to help flush the miscarriage out because you didn't bleed it out. So to progress that, to flush the fetus out, you can take a pill. So I took 
whatever it is, miso something. Misopropyl or something. Misopropyl, yeah. So I took that. Um, And the doctor was pretty nice about it, um, but the nurse was not. (laughs) I remember that very clearly. She was just like, bye. Have a good day. See you next week. She didn't say, she didn't say have a good day. She was just like, bye. There's the door. And I was like, what? What is going on? Um, And they don't really give you a lot of information with, like, the pill. I think because I'm a hypochondriac, I think I was like, so what's going to happen? When is what? what?" And it was just, it felt very quick. Yeah, and you start reading all, like, the potential ways that the the medication could cause, like, severe side effects. Yeah. Right? They, like, leave you to research it on your own on Google, which is never a good idea. Never. Not with you. So, no. So, um, it was very, like, quick. I, and I don't even know if the doctor said, like, I'm sorry or anything, but I do feel like he was a little nicer than the nurse. Anyway, then a week later I came back, right? And then they do another ultrasound to make sure I passed the entire pregnancy. Um, but that pill, you know, simulated, like, preg- or, uh, labor where I had contractions and stuff in order to pass the fetus, and that was really painful. Remember, I was, like, shaking in the bed. Yeah. It was really bad. So um, with that first experience, it was like not only was I shocked that I lost the baby because I had symptoms up until I took that pill, you know, even when the baby wasn't viable anymore. I still was having symptoms. I felt very pregnant. So that was weird. Um, And it was just like the fact that I had to wait a whole week, you know, like, oh, well, you know, let's wait it out. Come back in a week. So then it's like that whole week of like, Am I pregnant? Yeah. Did I miscarry? And and then a whole week later, you have to come back and make sure there's no complications. And and I was paying out of pocket for all of that. We had insurance, but there was a copay that we had to meet. So we are deductible that we had to meet. So we paid about $750 in the course of three weeks. You remember this? Mm-hmm. We were tight on money. We had to pay $750 out of pocket um, in a matter of three weeks for all these appointments. So it was literally like, a pregnancy loss and a financial loss. So it was like all these stressors combined. It's like we're drained in all the ways. This sucks. There's nothing happy about this right now. Um, So that was the first pregnancy. And with with both that pregnancy and this past one, we did tell our parents early around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know with this one, Alex, you were like, I don't really want to tell them yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, but because we've already, we have gone through that where we did like the big reveal and you know, it's all happy emotions. And then if, like, because I also am more informed now on how common miscarriages are. One in the, three or one in four. Some studies say one I think in it's three. One. Yeah. And in, in the earlier, like the, if you actually look at the statistics on the rate of miscarriage, um, the chances dropping week by week, it's like insane. But up to, I think it's 10 weeks. The first six weeks for sure are like really high, really high chance of something not working out. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of think of the first six weeks almost being like an extended, um, what's it called? Uh, like an extended time frame on if it's even, if you're even actually going to be pregnant long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was my rationale. Yours was a little different. Yeah, I was like, well, I want to tell them because I see my mom every single day. It's too hard. I'm in like spandex workout clothes every day. So I was feeling like my body already looked pregnant. I know that's probably just more of a me thing, but I felt like I looked different. I felt like people were going to know. My mom had already known that I had been waiting on my period, that my period was late. And I knew if I told her, like we had to tell all of our parents kind of a thing. Um it was just hard to like lie. It, it just got hard. Like there were many times where I was just going to say something that would have, you know, um, meant I was pregnant and I, it was just too hard to lie. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is like when you just don't drink, like if we're at an event <laughs> or it's like, you know, we're all out to dinner or something and you're just, yeah, and I don't, I'm like, I'll yeah, have a virgin. It's usually kind of a dead giveaway. I mean, <laughs> that's terrible, but yeah. Um, but I, it was just I, because you have done that before where you're like, no, I'm just trying like the sober thing for a while or I'm like seeing if I can last 60 days without alcohol. Yeah. Like I remember you did that at Thanksgiving that one year. Oh, when I told people that, but I was actually pregnant. Yeah. And my parents were suspicious anyways. No, I remember Nick was like, you're boring. And I was like, <laughs> okay. 
Um, I'm going to go lay down now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, but I also told Alex, I wanted to tell them, remember, I was like, you know, I like having them as a support system. And obviously, right. obviously if I do miscarry, we're going to tell them. So in my mind, I'd just rather be like, Hey, you know, th- we're pregnant again. Yeah. It's early. You know, I'd love to have your support either way. It just makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know everyone has a little bit of a different thought on that. And now that I have miscarried twice and been pregnant three times, I don't know. It's like hard to say. Cause the first and third pregnancies, we did this, did it that way, told our parents early. And this time around, I told my clients all right away too, just cause I knew I'd be feeling like tired and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with Scarlett, of course, the ironically, the one that worked out, we didn't really tell many people at all. Yeah, we were right. very hush hush because that was after our first miscarriage. So we were like, all right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So we really did not tell many people at all until like the 12 week mark, which is when our families found out and clients found out. Um, so, you know, something I was wanting to even discuss before I go further into like this most recent miscarriage is like the whole like, does it make sense to wait until the 12 weeks, the safe, the safe zone? Because on the one hand, you feel very isolated. You feel isolated when you're pregnant. When you find out you're pregnant, you're like, okay, now I have a secret. You know, and then you have to decide, am I going to wait till the safe zone to tell people or am I going to keep this to myself besides my partner? And that's hard. It's like you just feel everything's happening and you feel weird and you're usually emotional and, you know, body's changing and you have questions, but, like, you're not telling anyone, you know, especially if it's your first. Right. So that's hard. Um, I don't know. And then I just feel like... Y- once you do, let's like in the chance of, or in the case of miscarrying, let's say you didn't tell anyone really, and then you miscarry. I think a lot of people feel like, well, you know, I, I didn't tell anyone I was pregnant, so I might as well just keep the miscarriage to myself too. Mm-hmm. And then you just feel like extra alone. I could see a scenario that might make more sense to not tell people is let's say you're like a couple that's been trying for a long time. And you do conceive, like, frequently, but it just doesn't get far every time. Mm. Then maybe, right, if on the 10th time, you're like, we're pregnant again. And, you know, you just don't want to keep telling people because, I mean, A, yeah. I think in those situations where it's it, where it happening, it's happening a lot, you're kind of watering down the joy that you'll feel when you announce it. And you're... It's it's another layer of like you having to tell people that it's not working out again. Yes, which I think could be very harder. hard. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. I agree. Um, I definitely, I do see that. I I just think, like, if you didn't tell anyone, which is kind of how I felt with the first one. If I didn't tell certain people, which I didn't, I didn't tell my clients the first with the first pregnancy. And then when I did miscarry, I remember I had to like cancel sessions for a few days because you have to recover. And I felt weird. Like, is am I like going to make this like a whole drama, emotional thing and have to tell everyone I miscarried? Like, you know what I mean? So this time around, it felt a little bit easier because all my clients knew, our family knew. And then I just could be real and be like, we're having some complications with the pregnancy when we weren't sure, you know, right. like hey, you know, we got to pause sessions today. We're going to go to the ER because there's potential chance of miscarriage. It's like everyone already is knowing. Everyone's already sending up their prayers and good vibes and everyone's reaching out to I mean, I had so many people daily be like, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Any news? And that was really nice. That was really sweet to have like 30 people in my corner and like people constantly checking on me. Um, I don't know. It just made you, it made you feel less alone. But then once the miscarriage happened, I personally, and I think I felt this way the first time too, I felt like I wanted to be alone. I wanted to just like literally be alone. Like not Scarlet, not you. Like I just wanted to sit there and chill and like think. And I felt that way for like a day or two. And then I was like back to wanting to like talk to the world. But I think a lot of women feel the opposite. I think a lot of women want to be around other people to keep their like spirits up and mm-hmm. like kind of get them distracted or maybe to talk it through. I think, I think it's just like my second rodeo. So I'm, I just felt different. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it, it felt very nice. I 
really liked this miscarriage experience, if I can even say that, just for the support system I felt that I had this time around. And my mom was here last time. She didn't live here, remember? So my mom was here and she came over and got me coffee and talked to me. She talked to me about her miscarriages. Like, and it was just nice. You, we didn't have to get anything else involved or any follow-up medications or procedures. Like, it all just kind of did it naturally, mm-hmm. which... I think was easier in the sense that you're not concerned about like, is this, is this all good? Like, are we, but we were concerned. We were concerned for (laughs) a little bit. Okay. Let's tell this most recent miscarriage story quickly. So we were in the ER all day. That was a Thursday. And then they end up saying they did the transvaginal ultrasound. They end up saying there is a pregnancy. You're measuring around four weeks. So it's a little early for, or five weeks. So it's a little early for a heartbeat. And I was trying to make sense of how it could be a five-week measurement, and I found a way. I was like, oh, actually, yeah, it might be like five weeks, six days. Like, so I was trying to tell myself, like, okay, it's fine. Because they were all very optimistic in there, which, I mean, I appreciated. Um, Like, the nurse came in, and she, like, she had secretly told me she was pregnant, and then I was, like, the only person that knew because she was really early, too. And she, like, snuck in and was like, I don't think I can tell you this, but... everything looks good. You're still pregnant. And I was like, oh, cool. And the doctor comes in. He's like, go home. You're good. You're pregnant. You know? So, um, but then when I see the discharge papers, they were like, um, what did they call it? Like a threatened, a threatened miscarriage is what the discharge Mm -hmm. papers said. So clearly there is still a chance that I could miscarry. And, um, you know, they didn't really have any explanation. They're like, some women bleed when they're pregnant. You don't have a hematoma. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You don't have a hematoma. You don't have ectopic. You're good. So that was good. We got two worries out of the way. Um, go home, go to sleep, wake up, cramping like crazy. I pass a huge blood clot. I had a feeling that was a pregnancy. I now believe that that definitely was the pregnancy. Um, I had my OB, thankfully, it's really hard to get into the to your OB when you're trying to like when it's not like a planned thing, it's very hard to get in because they are very, very busy. Yeah. So thankfully, she had a cancellation. Ironically, just for like my ultrasound appointment that I had had scheduled, she had a cancellation for that following Monday. So I got in. You know, I messaged her and said, and I think I'm miscarrying. But how many like first time pregnant moms are experiencing symptoms that they're not familiar with? And so they think it's maybe a miscarriage and then they try to get in mm-hmm. and see somebody when it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably floods the system a little bit too. Well, with Scarlett, remember I had an appointment for whenever, whatever date and like later on. And then I was, which we can talk about this later. I felt like I was experiencing some trauma post, you know, PTSD from the, the previous pregnancy with the miscarriage. Cause I was just so concerned. I was reading into everything. This must be a miscarriage. This must be like, I'm definitely miscarrying, you know, when I wasn't. So I was messaging my OB, my new OB, and was like, hey, I had a miscarriage before. I really think I'm miscarrying again. I don't feel any symptoms. So they did get me in early. And just to say, oh, she's fine. She's in there. So I definitely agree. I think a lot of people are like flooding the system for maybe not a serious reason. But anyway, so thankfully they could get me in that Monday. I went in. Um, she did a transvaginal ultrasound. She said, there is no pregnancy. I said, oh, well, there was on Friday. She goes, okay, well, that your body passed it. And, you know, everything looks good. She's like, you have some fluid around your left ovary. What is that? We're unsure. It could be not serious. It could be serious. So she like kind of gave me that information. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> what, what, what's the serious thing? Yeah, not what you want to tell a hypochondriac. Yeah. So she's like telling me I could be internally bleeding. That kind of freaked me out. Really freaked me out. Um but that would be a very, very rare condition that would be causing that. So that was supposed to keep my, you know, worries at bay. It did not. I thought I was dying for like three days. Um, I almost went to the ER again. Alex didn't let me. But I ended up just, we had already gotten the ER on Friday had, or Thursday had taken my HCG levels. They had done blood work. So thankfully, because I had had HCG levels already done at the ER the past week, 
Then my doctor just sent me in for blood work the next day on Tuesday and wanted to get those measured again. And if they're going down, that was a good sign. So they were. They were much, 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 much lower, which was like kind of sad. <laughs> it was just like a another indication like, yeah, no, you're definitely not pregnant. So um, that was a good sign. And then we were all good. But that was the little bit of like, it wasn't still just like, oh, nope, you're good. You're, you miscarried. You're good. Go home. It was, I was like, am I internally bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> Am I about to like have to go to the ER? So I think once we did get confirmation that it was like 100% clear miscarriage, by that point, it was more of a relief because there was so much concern and anxiety around, Yes, were you dying? Yeah, because Alex, I think, started to believe me a little bit. Yeah, well, because a lot of times over the past year, I've been to the hospital more times in the past year than in my life, I think, and... (laughs) And every time, I'm always trying to be more on the side of, like, it might not be as serious, Mm -hmm. but every time we've gone, it's been, like, serious. So, (laughs) I mean, I've opened my my mind a little bit more to, like, this could be serious. However, at that moment in time, when it was, like, 2 a.m., we'd just been to the hospital two days before that, or three days before that. They said we were good. Then you were just at the OB that same day, and she sent you home. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that, that they would send us home if you could be bleeding out right now. I just, like, but because they, if we go to the ER, they're they probably going to say, you need to make an appointment with your OB. Well, they, you know, the ER could do something. But I was well, like, I know what's, how this is going to go. We're going to go to the ER. We're going to check in. We're going to see somebody probably at, like, 7 a.m., so, like, five hours from now. and then. <laughs> Um, they're going to tell us like everything looks all right and they're going to have a schedule another appointment and yeah, I know, I know. I, I was just on the forums of the internet and there were, it felt like a ton of people. Because then once you read something that you think is it, then you specifically search for that and now you're getting all the hits. That was it. I specifically searched for this very rare condition in pregnancy called a hetero, heterotopic? No. Uh. H E. So there's an ectopic pregnancy, yes, and then there's a heterotopic pregnancy. An ectopic is when there's a pregnancy that just lives outside of the uterus. So it's supposed to be in the uterus. Sometimes they live outside and they could attach to like your ovaries or your kidneys or anything, and that can kill you. Um, so heterotopic is where there is a pregnancy in the uterus, but then there's another pregnancy outside. So it's two. It's like twins. Yeah. But then the one outside of the uterus will kill you. So anyway, it's a very, 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 very rare condition. The doctor even said it herself. She said, you'd be a case study if you end up having that, like <laughs> choke, chuckling. And I'm like, I'm not laughing. I That will be me. Like I was yeah. like, I, that would happen. So anyway, I start researching just that specific search. And then I see all these people saying the doctor dismissed them. The ER dismissed them. They were bleeding out. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I should stop talking right now. I That's just what I did to myself, and I was fine. So, um, anyway, that was our experience with a second miscarriage. It's always disappointing. I am thankful that we have had a successful pregnancy in between because I know, like, if you have a couple miscarriages in a row, that can car- kind of start to set you down the path of, like, that you really could be experiencing infertility. I think us having... A successful one in between means that we technically aren't like in like we're not at risk of infertility at this point. No, and I think we should also make the point that like we weren't necessarily trying. Yeah, and I think when you're trying, you you kind of I don't know you're you're much more careful with your lifestyle like early on to make sure that Mm -hmm. you're doing everything you can to make sure that there's no nothing that could set things back or. Um, so yeah, we can talk about that a little bit. I have so much I want to talk to you guys about with this. Um, but with that, (sighs) breaking down the shame of a miscarriage is like something I think we all struggle with. And I think like, especially the woman, I don't really think you would experience that Alex, because it's not your fault. You have nothing to do really with the miscarriage. So, um, you know, yeah, I drank. (laughs) I drank before I knew I was pregnant. I actually drank heavily before, I, right before I found out I was pregnant. So that made me feel guilty, obviously, right away, you know, before I knew I was miscarrying, just finding out I was pregnant and then that guilt of like, oh my gosh, I just drank tequila all day on Saturday. Oh my gosh. Like, so to the point where I was hungover, 
that's really bad. Um, I hadn't been taking my prenatals, like that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and I think a lot of women talk about that and, you know, then the experienced pregnant women that have had successful pregnancies are like, don't worry, you're fine. Like people in the fifties were drinking and smoking a pack a day and their kids are fine. And it's totally true. Um, but I think that we get in our heads about that, especially if something does go wrong, you start to blame yourself. So with my first miscarriage, that was definitely the case a lot more. Like I was definitely thinking like I had drank right before I found out I was pregnant with that one too. Um, just that kind of stuff. Like at that point I was like, maybe it's cause I was doing high intensity interval training. Like, you know, what could it have been? It's definitely my fault. Then you start to do research. You realize it's usually not your fault. Like hardly ever. Usually it's just not a viable pregnancy, right? It's not mm-hmm. a healthy pregnancy. You really didn't want that pregnancy to continue cause that pregnancy was probably going to have a lot of issues. Um, but at the same time, it's, I think it's just as a, the person, as the individual of this relationship who their body's purpose is to create life, not the whole purpose, but right. Like one of our purposes as women is to create life, to continue the human race. And I think it does, you start to get in your head. You're like, my body failed me at like the one thing I was made to do. Like that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So, um, being gentle with yourself about that. If you have experienced a miscarriage, cause it's not your fault. And just doing research on how common it is. One out of three or one out of four. Like, I, if you talk to people, I don't know how many people will tell you that they've experienced, but like as a guy, other guys that I've talked to, the guys aren't concerned, especially in an environment where I don't know their family yeah. and they'll never, will never meet. They tell me all the time that, oh yeah, my wife's gone through that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know many people that haven't had experience with miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a lot more prevalent than people make it out to be. And some people might just not even bring it up if it's not, if there's no prompt for them to bring it up. Like, it's just a thing that happened and they, you know, they didn't feel the need to share it. So they never did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So why that's, that is one of the purposes of this episode is like, how can we make this less taboo? Because it's not taboo. Miscarriage should not be something that we have to keep hush hush. I don't think we necessarily need to make podcast episodes about it. Like, I don't think the whole world needs to detail their whole story, especially if they're not ready. But I think being able to openly talk to your friends and family about it without shame and embarrassment, you know, or, or like, like I said earlier, how sometimes I kind of felt with the first miscarriage, like, am I going to sound like I'm being like, I'm going to bring the mood down. Like I'm going to sound kind of dramatic being like, sorry, I have to cancel our session today. I'm miscarrying. I don't know. It just, in my mind, I was like, oh, now the attention's going to be on me. It's going to be like a whole drama. Then I have to expect everyone's sympathies. And then it's like this whole cordial, awkward thing. But like, it doesn't have to be. So that's why I think I am really now more than ever since my last, as I said, a little bit better of an experience with the support system I had during this miscarriage. I am pro tell people early. I really am. That that will be my take on it. I don't see the reason to make it an awkward thing, um, to not talk about it. Yeah, I, I think it'll make you feel less bad. It's kind of a, a a strange analogy, but think about like COVID, right? So when COVID first hit the scene, nobody you knew had it. Nobody you knew ever had it. All you saw was the news and stuff, and it seemed like a faraway thing. And then if you got pregnant or if you got a uh, COVID. Then you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know, like, mm. you were very anxious about it. Then you started to know everybody that had it. You were almost weird if you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the idea of getting it was so, like, so nonchalant. It was like, this isn't something to be scared of. Yeah. The same way that I was. Yeah. And I think the same logic, not exactly, but the same type of logic could be applied to miscarriage. Like That's a good point. So many so many people have had them. This isn't yeah. something to feel weird about. Well, and how people, because um, I did, like you felt with COVID a lot of shame around getting it if you were one of the first people to yeah. get it. Um, you know, even pre-vaccines rolling out, it's like people felt like a lot of shame around it and it's so silly (laughs) like what did you do yeah what did how did you get that you weren't being safe (laughs) yeah um I know how we got it we were at a music festival (laughs) so that was a no-brainer now I get it um but I I do I definitely do think that's a great analogy so yeah um I just personally I am pro not making it taboo 
just talking about it if you want to talk about it. If that helps you process, you know, and we, like, literally so many women experience them. My mom was saying, um, she's like, because I asked her how many miscarriages did you have? Because uh, my parents struggled with infertility, I guess, for about 12 years before they had me. And then they used whatever is not IVF, but, like, the step before that, like, artificial insemination. They used that, I guess, to have me. So, um I was asking her just kind of how many miscarriages she had. And she said, I don't know. She's like, I've had officially one because there was blood work done, you know, that showed all that. She's like, but there were many times that I would get a positive test and then I would have a period and would be confused. And that happened a lot. Like, that's what I hear from a lot of women, that they'll get positive tests because they're expecting, you know, they're trying. And then they get a period and they're like, wait, that was weird. So they're so common. Um, yeah, it. I think because the, the PTSD after having a miscarriage is really, really real. Like one of our clients that's pregnant, she's halfway through her pregnancy. And I was texting her because she miscarried before getting pregnant with this one. And I was texting her the day I had just, you know, started bleeding. And I was like, hey, this is what's going on. Was that how your miscarriage was? You know, because my last miscarriage, I didn't bleed at all. So she was just giving me her two cents. And she was like, hey, just think good thoughts, you know, don't. Don't, you know, go down the rabbit trail on uh, freaking, what is Dr. Google? Uh, WebMD. WebMD. You know, she's like, yeah. just don't even do that. Um, she was like, honestly, I, she was like, honestly, I personally don't think I dealt with my grief and like trauma from my last miscarriage um, well, because she's like, just the other day, she's like 20 weeks, just the other day, I was freaking out that he wasn't kicking and, you know, was starting to think I was, I was miscarrying, miscarrying, blah, blah. And she's like, I was blaming myself because I laid on my stomach. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're fine. But I thought that was a really valid point. I don't think we do always deal with it or we don't even know really how to. And apparently there's like um, miscarriage doulas, which I am all for a doula. I love doulas. They're usually for giving birth but apparently there's miscarriage doulas um that sounds amazing I don't know if there's any locally but someone that you can talk to that like has the right things to say other than just like I'm sorry um I think that'd be helpful so if you are going through miscarriage maybe google those if they're in your area they're probably virtual too um so yeah there's that I want to talk about um oh my gosh so many things we talked about breaking down the shame oh okay so as far as kind of how it's usually not your fault when you miscarry. You know how passionate I am about how I got dismissed recently at the doctor for my blood work being off, mm -hmm. right? If you guys didn't hear me rant about this, it's like four or five episodes back. I don't even remember which one, but one was when it was just me and Alex. Um, but with that, and I've now done even more research since I've miscarried recently, um, hypothyroidism especially, like Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, but really any thyroid sort of issue, hypo, hyper, has you have a much higher chance of miscarrying, much higher. Um, and the last time I got my blood work done, I was a, I wrote it down, 2.45. My TSH was a 2.45. And I've heard from more like crunchy doctors that I think the ideal range is like one to two um, for fertility for like a successful pregnancy. When I Googled it, I saw 0.3 to 2.5 and 2.5 is pushing it. But so even according to like the uh, less conservative, more like standard good range for fertility, I was still on the very high, like risky end as of March. So we don't even know what my TSH is like as of now. Um, but so I was like right on the cusp. So that makes sense. But also research was, my research was showing me that uh, my antibodies were super high, my thyroid antibodies, which indicates like autoimmune issues like Hashimoto's. But my research was showing that that especially can really cause miscarriage. Like it really affects just the growth of the fetus. Um, so doesn't mean it's my fault, but I think us not, especially if you're trying to have a baby, us not getting a full panel of blood work done, you know, in the, before we're pregnant, in the trying stages of having a pregnancy, getting full blood work done, not letting a doctor dismiss you if your TSH is outside of those optimal ranges 
around one to two. Mm-hmm. If you're 2.45 like I was and my doctor told me I'm fine because I am in the like quote unquote um, normal range because I think normal is 0.3 or something to like five or four. So anyway, I was normal. So she said I was fine. I asked her how if my antibodies were okay because my antibodies were very high. She goes, you're fine. Go home. You know, call me when you're fat, tired, or have brain fog. So, and no, I did not tell her I was trying to get pregnant because I wasn't, you know, but I don't know if that would have changed anything. So I would just say if you're experiencing miscarriage and or you are trying to get pregnant, maybe you're having a hard time, whatever, I would get that looked at. And um, my research also showed, I was just looking at this, that uh, blood work doesn't always show the whole picture anyway. So that if you are having symptoms like, like frequent miscarriage or like brain fog, weight gain, or like just being super cold all the time, anything like that. You have a goiter. Um, there's something else. Tired, like lots of fatigue. Even if your blood work is okay, but you're having those symptoms, there's a good chance you have something going on. So and that's, that's a good point to bring up with, like in regards to knowing your health, your picture of health before going into pregnancy or trying to conceive. Yeah. So like, you know, I, th- I think there's a school of thought where it's like, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be getting pregnant. So who cares? Like, like who, who really cares if I'm like healthy, like my healthiest fit is self. Like it doesn't really oh, matter. Oh, as far I'm, as that. Yeah. Because I'm going to be pregnant for nine months and then I'll just wait till after. Yeah. When really, You're I mean, right. if this had anything to do with the miscarriage or miscarriage rates, then especially after pregnancy, if, if the thyroid issues are a result of that first pregnancy um, or having scarlet, then it's probably not a bad idea to try and get some blood work done mm-hmm. and then try to optimize those levels as much as you can before mm-hmm. uh, trying again. That way, just, yep. I mean, just to, to make it easier, hopefully, and, and prime yourself for a successful pregnancy. I think um, that is a common misconception about like, oh, well, it's okay. I'm going to get fat anyway. I'm going to get pregnant, whatever. Um, No. I mean, first of all, you know, we know that our body weight is not the full picture of health. Like, you know, that, that doesn't say everything about your health, but if you're not already taking like a quality prenatal, like three months prior to trying to conceive, that is something you should start doing like immediately and a quality one, not like just any old one, like a gummy, <laughs> like find one that has methyl B folate, I think is what it's called, like methylated folate, like folic acid. Anyway, that, um, I love Ritual. Ritual is the brand I use and I use their post natals too. Um, but yeah, then just like the blood work and then being fit, like trying to not even just work out, but like, I would say specifically weight training, like very important, especially mm-hmm pre-pregnancy because that way you can because you're not trying to like get super strong when you're pregnant you're trying to more so maintain and you can do it in a way that's low intensity yeah overall like you're not running you're not jumping up and down yeah you can but yeah i i would just i would try to get a foundation of strength prior to conceiving so that you can more so maintain that during your pregnancy because you're not going to be feeling like killing yourself when you're pregnant even though you can work out you're just not going to be in that mindset and like Physically, you're not going to feel like it. So, um, and pelvic floor work, starting that before you get pregnant. Anyway, I could go on all day. But yeah, I am a firm believer that my whatever's going on with my thyroid could have totally been the cause of this miscarriage. Will we ever know that for sure? No, but I think so. Um, so what I'm doing is because my primary care physician wrote me off and said, you know, you're fine. Go home. Um, I'm going to start seeing someone that is a little bit more integrated, but she is still like a medical doctor. Um, she's, well, she's a nurse practitioner and she works with someone that's a doctor as well. My mom goes to the nurse practitioner. Her name is Meg at a new way healthcare in Jack's beach. I've heard great things about her. One of our clients, the one I was mentioning that had like miscarried prior also sees this woman loves her after her miscarriage. This, um, doctor had told her that her TSH levels were funky and they helped her get them right. So I feel like that's amazing that she, like, yeah. noticed that. Um, or she said they just weren't optimal for fertility. So I'm going to go start seeing her. 
I also would like to start seeing our friend Julianne, Trevor. He was our first podcast guest. Trevor's wife, she's at Balanced Healing, Balanced Healing of Jacksonville, and she will run all the blood work and do all the tests. She also does acupuncture. She's just really knowledgeable on things related to, like, thyroid stuff. So I want to see her. Um, But there's other things you can do besides, like, dishing out a ton of money and going to see all the doctors. Um, There's a lot of resources. So I'll see if I can post some of those maybe on, like, our Instagram. No promises, but (laughs) I'll do my best. Um, But, yeah, I now, because I don't think we want to get pregnant right away again um I'm gonna take the next however many months till we do decide to get pregnant to like optimize my thyroid health and my overall fertility and Alex maybe you can do the same not that I think your sperm needs much help but (laughs) yeah I mean it's because there's a lot that men can do too for their fertility it's never not the right time to optimize your health I mean yeah and um even if you're not trying to get pregnant I still think it's important to do all those things anyway because you could be feeling funky or just not feeling like your best self and it could be that something's off. Yeah. Like when I was talking to Caleb this morning, um, my music partner, he, uh, he's been suffering like really bad headaches, like migraines almost just out of nowhere, like the past month. And, uh, and he, he's convinced it's like some, something, something the blood work could tell him. I mean, he's also super stressed, but um could be identifying those things like if if you don't yeah if you just feel off I mean what do you have to lose I would like to have our client on here one day who oh and educate yourself on what the normal or optimal ranges are yeah especially not just the normal ranges but the optimal ranges yeah I would like to have our client on one day if she'd be willing the client that um has lived through a brain aneurysm so because that was another classic example of someone who had migraines and a bunch of other symptoms and she was getting dismissed she was told it was anxiety just like other random you know not a brain aneurysm of course so um i would definitely say advocate for yourself um what else did i want to talk about that was a little bit of a tangent so oh so as far as like i feel very passionate about this now I'm very thankful that I have a great OB that I love, and it's Dr. Adams at Full Circle Women's Care in Jacksonville. If you're curious, a lot of people vouch for them. A lot of people recommended them to me when I hated my first experience. Um, but I'm a firm believer that we like need to change the experience of miscarriage. Obviously, there's a lot I would like to change about like just the healthcare system, but I just... It frustrates me, like, hearing people's stories and how a lot of them are so similar about how the doctor, then this was my case pretty much with the first miscarriage, um, the doctor just goes, they're, they're, like, looking at the um, sonogram. They're like, all right, so it looks like you're having a miscarriage. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, what's going, what? And then, you know, all these emotions, you, like, want to ball. Um, they're like, yep, so here's your options, DNC, mysopropyl. My Okay, bye, you know, have a good day. See you next week. We're going to make sure everything cleared out. Like, that's literally it. There's not usually sympathy. Like, I'm so sorry to tell you this, you know. There's, and I know that sounds like so silly, but your your hormones are already like wild. You're so sensitive. And a lot of people are trying for these babies and then are very, very disappointed when they hear that news, especially if it's later on in the pregnancy. And for the doctor to be just so, what's the word? Like, non-empathetic, but mm-hmm. just like so professional. Just like you are miscarrying, like, bye. (laughs) It's sad. So my second experience with Dr. Adams, um, my second miscarriage experience, first experience miscarrying with Dr. Adams, she was so sweet when she, like, looked at the sonogram. She goes, oh, okay, It, it does... It does look like you have miscarried. Um, there is no more pregnancy. Um, the gestational sac is empty. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was definitely a pregnancy in there as of Thursday. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I hate that, you know, you're here under these circumstances. Like, but it was really sweet. She was sounded very genuine, you know. And then she, she did let me, like, ask a ton of questions. So that was just very nice. It was not rushed. She's very sweet. I don't appreciate that she told me I could be bleeding out, but <laughs> or internally bleeding. But obviously, she had to be real with those potential options that were happening to me. Um, 
So I just, I've heard a lot of stories from people though, where the doctor's just like, okay, you miscar- you're miscarrying, bye. And I think that's wrong. Um, so if there was some way that we could have more support from them, because then it's kind of like there is no aftercare either. A lot of women are also just left to their devices with like, like you don't even know that you're going to bleed for a couple weeks. You don't even know like, like the doctor didn't tell me I couldn't have sex or that I couldn't wear a tampon. Like I had to Google all that, you know, I kind of at this point I know what I'm doing because it's not my first rodeo, but like I was messaging someone else that was miscarrying at the same time. We were thankfully we figured that out together and we were like kind of there for each other. Um, But it was her first miscarriage and she was just like, what do I do? Can I work out? I can't have sex. Like, you know, like, like, you know, you're kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) And that's like, that's part of the benefit of not keeping it to yourself is like, you can identify that somebody else, like, imagine you both are going through the same thing, but because neither one of you wants to say it, you don't actually know. And then, yeah, like that was a good chance to be able to talk to somebody, have an outlet, compare experiences. Yeah. It was super ironic. I just told her that I was pregnant and was joking that she should get pregnant with me. And then like a week later, she was like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, that's fun. And then we were just talking about it. And then one day I was like, I'm bleeding. And then like two days later, she was like, I'm bleeding. And then, you know, she was, I was a couple days ahead of her. So we were like doing this bonding thing. Anyway, it was actually very nice, obviously very sad, but it was nice to have someone like that going through it with you. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we should talk about with this? I feel like we've hit Pretty much everything as far as, like, the experience or maybe, like, what I would wish was different. Oh, I guess if I had a full-time job, which I don't, obviously. But if I did, I don't know how much, like, leave you get for something like this. But I feel like it's probably not that recognized. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's maternity leave, but I don't think there's miscarriage leave. And... Like, both of my miscarriages have been so early, but imagine if you miscarried before it was considered a stillbirth. Like, imagine if you were, like, 15 weeks, you know? You were had already announced everyone. You're pretty far along. You're starting to show. You miscarry. I would need some freaking time. Yeah, you, at that I, point, I you're think, thinking you're in the clear. I think... Uh, I'm trying to think of my experiences at, um, like, a big company. I think any reasonable supervisor mm-hmm. would would give you at least, like, a week. Yeah, but, like, you're probably going to be using your sick days or your vacation days. And in my mind, there should be something set in place for women where it can be, like, obviously, there's a high chance that you can miscarry. So if, you know, you are trying to get pregnant and you do miscarry, you should be able to get, like, a week, like, paid for, not cutting into vacation, not cutting into sick days. Like, just a separate thing. Yeah, I think there should be something that, yeah, it's like a... I don't think there is, but... It's like a a week. But that also comes down to, like, supervisor discretion, too. And, yeah. like, if you have somebody who's not a dirtbag of a human being, they're going to be like, I'm going to talk to mm-hmm. my supervisor. We're going to make sure that this doesn't, like, like, you don't use up sick days on this. I think I did. When I worked for, um, should I say? I don't know. I'm not bashing them. Noom, when I was a health coach for Noom, and it was, like, all online. That was full-time. It was remote. I think I did have to use sick days. So what I'll say about sick days, at Merrill, I had 10 sick days a year. I didn't get sick 10 days a year. (laughs) Like, I don't get sick hardly any days of those years. Yeah. But I would still use some every day. Like, people use them as, like, extra vacation days. But I also got three weeks of vacation. So it was, like... Okay, then you get three weeks plus ten days, but like I didn't, I'd never minded losing sick days for me personally because like if you didn't use them, it's not like you could just you can't just keep calling it sick like every week. Yeah, at the end of the year, that's that's that, that ain't right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know for someone like me, I, I wouldn't mind losing the five days. But for somebody who who maybe you had like a something, maybe a COVID, right? All your all your sick days are gone right there. Yeah. Dude, I was I feel like I was always sick. So I need I mean, it's just once again, it's like miscarriage already is stressful, it's emotional, it's disappointing, it's upsetting. And then I got to be worried that I'm cutting into my sick days or that I'm, you know, not getting paid, you know, if it's like a job 
where it's just like you can't work, right? But you're not, you don't get any sort of benefits. Um, or you have to pay out of pocket for your care or whatever it is. Um, and ironically, this was all going on right when they announced the, you know, Roe v. Wade thing. So that was interesting. Um, I had no issues with anything. So there, not that I needed any medicine, but um, there wasn't even like a discussion. Like my doctor wasn't like, oh, you won't be able to get the care you need or anything. But it was ironic that that was happening like the exact same week mm-hmm. when everyone was starting to get concerned. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more that I could continue to talk about with this, but I think I'm going to leave it at that. I'm sorry for anyone that's going through these losses, especially if you've been trying, especially if this is like a repeat loss. Sucks. It really, really, really sucks. I feel like a lot of people, though, I've talked to a few people on Instagram recently who have just told me like their fertility struggles. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert and I know everyone's different. But when I like start to ask them if they've looked into like more intensive blood work, talking to someone, you know, other than just their, you know, primary care physician, like someone that's more of an expert or like someone that takes a more like holistic approach. They're like, no, no, no. You know, do you, are you doing anything? Are you taking any supplements? Like, no. So I think looking into that stuff could help. Like if you don't even know anything about your internal health, like your hormone health, it's probably a good idea to look into that. Yeah. Because I'm like fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm done with alcohol. I'm done with sugar. I just had ice cream today, but I'm done. You're not done with sugar. I'm done. I just, like it motivated me that, yeah, okay, maybe I wasn't planning on having a baby, another baby yet, but I want to be very optimal for this next pregnancy, you know? For everything. For everything. But now I'm like, I want another baby. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to say, my love? Um, no. I mean, I guess I could give, like, two cents from a guy's perspective. Yeah. Which it's, it's hard to, like, it's, it's hard to relate right away. It also depends on the circumstances. If you guys have been trying for a long time and it's like your number one goal, then I think it it I think it's different. But early on, like you start you start to experience all these hormonal changes, chemical changes, and it changes the way you actually start feeling and thinking. Whereas for us as guys, it does that doesn't really happen right away at least. So there's not as much of like a there's not as much of an emphasis on like what you're feeling and and then i think processing the something like a miscarriage it doesn't feel it's harder to relate like on the same wavelength that the woman might be on mm-hmm. um because it's different mm-hmm. You might be excited, but you're not feeling any different. You're not, like, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I think just being aware that that there are differences, like physically there are differences, will help with um, being more uh, empathetic. You're sweeter, this miscarriage. And, and having experience in miscarriages. My mom, I told my mom that I was like... Alex is actually, like, asking me how I'm feeling today and, like, being sweet. She goes, well, he's probably disappointed this time because he knows what he's, like, losing or, like, missing out on. I'm like, oh, gosh. Scarlett's awesome, you know. I was like, oh, geez, Mom. Jeez, you make me sad. But I, I definitely think uh, you did a great job of just making me feel cared for and loved. So thank yes. you. Um, but you did remind me when you said physical changes. One last thing I want to talk about was uh, – that I gained weight in those couple of weeks I was pregnant. I was eating like a, I don't know. Oh, Scarlett's awake. I was eating like a pig because I was starving. Um, I was fully committed to being pregnant, man. I was just eating all the things. Mm-hmm. And my body changed. And, I mean, it was changing during the pregnancy, you like a I lot said. Of ice cream. <laughs> it's summer. I love ice cream in the summer. Um, I'm still addicted to ice cream. But... Like, I have gained weight. I, and it's really not a big deal. I'm really okay. But 
I, my body has changed since being pregnant and since miscarrying. And especially if you're miscarrying later on in the pregnancy, I can imagine how, once again, like sad, frustrating it is that like your body changed, but it was for nothing. Right. Um, and so like, how do we deal with that and not like get down on ourselves and everything? So I don't know that I have that many answers to that other than just get back to what you were doing, focus on optimizing your health so that your next pregnancy can hopefully be awesome and healthy. And as you're focusing on that, your body will start going back to the way it was. Um, but that does suck too. That's another part of it. People don't talk about. So even if it is early along, your body still is probably changing. And yeah, I don't know. As a girl, we're already hard, hard enough on ourselves. So yeah, sucks. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's it. You guys, it's not a very happy episode, but I'm glad we talked about it. I think it's nice for me and Alex to be able to talk stuff through and if you have anything that you want to share about this, like about your own experience or anything you would add to the conversation, just comment. I'm sure we'll post like a clip of this. Just comment on there and let us know. Um, if anyone wants to come on and talk as a guest about their experience or anything like that, you're also welcome to do that as well. Um, but we're sorry for anyone that's going through any losses with pregnancy. Hopefully this was not upsetting or triggering to anyone because I know it can be. Yeah. Anything else you have to say, my love? Nope. All right. That's it. Well, that's the scoop on pregnancy loss. And till next time. Hopefully the next one's a happier episode. It will be. It will be. All right. Adios. Adios.